quid pro Joe. Have we caught Joe Biden admitting to coercing a foreign country in furtherance of his own political interests? Yes, we have, because he admitted it on live TV. We're going to break that down and so much more. But first, I want to remind you that America Fest tickets are now on sale. You go to AmFest.com, use promo code POSO for 25% off. Who do you get to see? It's Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson, Steve Bannon, myself, Kaylee McEnany, Candace Owens, Tim Poole, the great Tim Poole, Lauren Chen, Mike Lindell himself, and even Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. It all takes place this December 17th to 20th, Phoenix, Arizona. Promo code POSO at AmFest.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard tonight's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is October 12th, 2022, Anno Domini. Tonight's up headlines. Now, first up, quid pro Joe. President Biden admits on CNN that he is coercing Saudi Arabia just one month before the congressional elections. Next, leaked documents. MI6 apparently had a plot to blow up the Kerch Bridge before the truck bomb attack. Third, a member of the Green Goblin Girl Gang that terrorized subway riders has turned herself in in NYPD. And finally, the Biden administration being sued by state AGs for, quote, censoring free speech. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. But, but we should, we should, and I am uh, in the process when the, when the, uh, uh, the House and Senate gets back, they're going to have to, uh, there's going to be some consequences for what they've done with Russia. What kind of consequences? Menendez says suspend all arms sales. Is that something you'd consider? I'm not going to get into what I'd consider and what I have in mind, but there will be, there will be consequences. There will be consequences. Consequences. So go with me on this. President Joe Biden, sitting right there, live TV, front of the cameras, on CNN, in front of the whole world, explicitly states that he is going to coerce Saudi Arabia by holding up congressionally approved military aid. We're going to set aside, by the way, right now, the issue of foreign military aid and the issue of foreign aid in general. We're going to set that aside. But congressionally approved military aid that's already out there in order for the Saudis to give Biden the political favor of increasing oil production one month before the election in which his party is running. So we're one month out, or actually less than a month out. He's coercing the Saudis, threatening the Saudis. He's saying, I'll pull military aid. Here's a tweet from Joe Biden before he was president. It's from October 18th, 2019, almost exactly three years ago to the day. President Trump withheld. You know what? I'm going to throw the voice out because it needs to be serious. President Trump withheld congressionally appropriated aid to Ukraine unless they granted him a political favor. This is no joke. Trump continues to put his own personal political interests ahead of the national interest. He must be impeached. 
So if you're going to be impeached for quid pro quos that involve withholding military aid, then my question is, where is President Biden calling for impeachment on himself? It's the exact same situation. And Jake Tapper from CNN, this little worm just sits there. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see. I see. Has no actual fob. You go back to 2019 on Jake Tapper's Twitter feed, and I went and pulled it up. He's going, he's breathlessly reporting. Remember the whistleblower? We weren't allowed to say his name. Charamella. Then Alexander Vindman, he's still out there today. He became the second whistleblower. He was supposed to be the second whistleblower that never, you know, really materialized. We don't need a whistleblower this time. There wasn't a call. By the way, that call was between President Trump and Zelensky. Kind of crazy, right? All of these names keep coming back. The same names keep coming back. Jake Tapper, Joe Biden, Zelensky. Back then it was Trump in Ukraine. Now it's Biden and the Saudis. So the question is simple. This was only the third impeachment in the history of the United States of America. And it was predicated on this theory of a quid pro quo between the two presidents. Well, now you got a president of the United States. You got the king over in Saudi, really the crown prince kind of running things. So the question is, and look, I mean, I'm not going to play the game, right? You know, I'm not going to play, imagine if the conservatives were, no, 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 we're not going to do that. I just want everybody out there within the sound of my voice, within the sound of this show, whether you're in the Real America's Voice audience, you're on the podcast audience, wherever you're listening, they know what they're doing. They all know what they're doing. It's not hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. President Biden can sit there and admit that he's coercing the Saudis the same way that he admitted before that he was coercing the Ukrainians with a $1 billion loan to get the Ukrainian prosecutor fired. This guy is the father of the quid pro quo when it comes to modern American government. But they don't care. They don't care because they will go around and do all of these things. And by the way, what was the so-called political favor that Trump was looking for back in 2019? He wanted an investigation of the Biden crime family into Hunter Biden. So the latest PPI is out today, and we've seen that inflation just goes up and up and up under the Biden administration. This economy is not well, and the Fed is likely to continue raising interest rates. That's why I recommend that you diversify with gold and silver immediately. And the only company I personally recommend is Allegiance Gold. My friends at Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver, or if you prefer, have it delivered securely right to your front door. Their approach is different. They focus on educating and developing a long-term strategy that's right for you. That's why Allegiance Gold has some of the highest ratings in the industry, five stars with TrustLink, AAA rated with the Business Consumer Alliance, and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Go to protectwithposo.com and get their best offer yet, up to $2,500 of free silver, free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them that Poso sent you. Make sure you go protectwithposo.com. We're going to put that link in the description, protectwithposo.com. 
We can't control the Biden administration, but we can prepare. Нихера себе везут, ребята, везут! Везут подмогу, блядь! Смотри, блядь, подмога какая! Ебануться нахуй, а! Все с консервацией, все на дно, So for those on the audio side of things, what we're showing here are images of the Kerch Strait Bridge, the Kerch Bridge that was recently attacked in a terrorist attack by a truck bomb. The New York Times has come out and said that it was Ukrainian intelligence that did this, that conducted this. Uh, truck driver did not know what he was transporting. It was someone who was hired remotely, picked up a, a consignment, basically had gotten the arrangement over the internet, he was transporting something from, he thought, just from Armenia back into Russia and then on into Crimea over the bridge, at which point it exploded, killed himself, and then a number of civilians are riding with him. You can see that in the video. But what's very interesting about this is prior to, prior to the attack, according to Greyzone, before Ukraine blew up Kerch Bridge, British spies plotted it. A secret British intelligence plot to blow up Crimea's Kerchbrid was revealed in eternal documents coming from the gray zone. Now, these documents were written up as a proposal to British intelligence officers all the way back in April 2022. Now, obviously, everybody knows about the Kerchbrid. It's not any surprise that NATO or Ukrainian allies would want to take out this bridge. There's nothing really special in terms of targeting it because everyone knows that this is a strategic resupply route for the Russians into Crimea and then on for their operations, particularly in the Kherson region. However, uh, but then you're also seeing it, of course, towards uh, Zaporizhia and Dnepro as they're coming north from Crimea into uh, into southern Ukraine, into these new breakaway provinces, these new breakaway um, oblasts. But what's interesting here is they specifically talk about attacking an area of the bridge that's almost, almost exactly where the truck blew up. The truck, the truck blew up just before it reached the final, that, that main span of the bridge where you can see the suspension bridge really cross over. And of course, there's two ways that they mention in these documents about how they would want to take out the bridge. The first is by cruise missile strike. Okay, that's obvious. But the problem with the cruise missile strike is that you can track it can find out who launched the missile. But with a covert operation, it's a little less of a fingerprint. It's a little more of a gray zone operation because you don't know definitively who did it. You have to investigate more and nobody would be taking credit for it. Of course, Ukraine basically did come out and take credit for this immediately. But what's very interesting to me is when I look into the documents and I just read the entire thing, you can go view it, that it talks about a possible secondary method for attacking the bridge. And it talks about using either divers or unmanned underwater vehicles, UUVs, to take out the bridge by taking out the security pylons using essentially limpet mines underwater. Huh. Using limpet mines underwater to take out an underwater, shall we say, piece of infrastructure. The question then becomes, is it similar using linear cutting charges 
Is that similar to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline being taken out? Sounds obviously very similar. In fact, here on this program, I said it was most likely a submarine-placed mine that took out Nord Stream 2. And so the question before us for all of this, really, isn't so much that the, that Intel was planning you know, covert operations. I think we, we know that that's what they do. I certainly know that that's what, that's what they do. But the bigger question is this. Why are we sleepwalking into World War III? Does the world really need to be destroyed over this conflict? This is a regional conflict. I personally wish that this conflict was not happening. I wish that this war had never been broken out. But I've said from day one that we should be de-escalating, looking for off-ramps for peace. But you don't hear anyone in politics today saying that. You hear more escalation, more weapons, more war, more civilians dead in the mix. And now they're talking about nuclear weapons. For shame. So the images that you're looking at right there are this group of nut jobs who apparently call themselves the Green Goblin Gang in New York City. And they've been terrorizing the subways, the MTA in New York, which, by the way, used to be the greatest way to travel in New York City. Uh, obviously, the subways are very old. Um, they're, you know. Uh, Peter Thiel has this great line about why do they keep making new iPhones? And then the, and he says the reason is so that you don't ask uh, the questions about why our subways are 120 years old and haven't been uh, updated yet. But the crime on the subways is getting out of control. And I'm just going to say it. It's only a matter of time before we run into another Bernie Getz situation. Not here specifically because it just looks like these were these were beatings. Um, I'm not sure if they're mugging people or not. If you guys are just listening on the podcast version, I'm really not even sure how to describe this other than I got the story from Post Millennial. Um, they're wearing full body suits, these girls, and, and they're not that that old, or excuse me, they're not that young because the one who's turned herself in now, 26, she's 26 years old, so not some little kid, not even a teenager, turns herself in NYPD, gets let out on bail, they're just attacking people on the subways, just beating them up, assaulting people on the subways. And they've turned themselves in, released without bail, said that instead of participating in the beatings, and this is the one who turned her in, she said, I don't want any part of this. I don't have a criminal record. This was just supposed to be some internet thing that that went wrong. Uh, the suspect allegedly, oh, well, here we go. The suspects allegedly punched one of the teenagers and pushed another into his seats before stealing their cell phones, credit cards, and wallets. So they're mugging people. You got a gang of women dressed up as the Green Goblin mugging people on New York subways. Look, I, I, I don't know what's going on in our country. I don't know what's going on in our cities other than absolute chaos. This is why I say get out of the subways. Get out of the cities until further notice. 
<laughs> the great Jake Turks from Omni Magazine recently asked me, he said, Jack, are we still getting out of cities? Should we still stay out of the cities? And I said, Jake, we are avoiding cities until the all clear has been given. And when's the all clear given? Rudy Giuliani, when he was mayor in New York City, he instituted something called the broken windows theory of policing. It was simple as this. You go after people for jumping the turnstile. You go after people for doing graffiti on the subway cars. You go after people, even if they're just breaking windows. Why? Because when you go after the small crimes, then it eventually trickles up. You set the tone for the larger crimes. That your city is a place that people care about, that if you commit crimes, you will be prosecuted and you will not be let out. Mayor Eric Adams was a guy who campaigned on a very similar message. And yet he completely denied doing this after he got in office. This, by the way, these policies, when Mayor Bloomberg was the mayor of New York, not some arch conservative, but he ran and administered something called stop and frisk. President Trump ran on that in 2016. And Bloomberg, when he was on the Democratic debate stage, Democrat debate stage in 2020, also defended stop and frisk. Why? Because the murders in New York were hitting the 2000s per year. Now they're down to the 500s, which is still far too high, but it's nowhere near what it used to be. We need to take back control of our cities. We do. But until that, it's, it's kind of paradoxical, but until that time, I would recommend to you, to your family, and especially if you've got kids in college, whether it's New York City, whether it's Philadelphia, LA, Detroit, Chicago, get out. Just get them out of there until further notice. We would help them get accurate information about COVID during the unprecedented time, especially at the beginning. Well, isn't there a difference between you as a platform putting forward information and censoring your users at the behest of the White House, the administration more broadly in the CDC? Isn't there a distinction there? We specifically uh, wanted to work with public health experts to understand the relationship between information and behavior. And so we did consult with the CDC, the World Health Organization, and others uh, to understand how the, the platform policies we built were affecting public health. These, these emails show that you took censorship steps. You took down accounts. You planned misinformation policies. You adjusted your policies at the behest of the United States government. I mean, that, that's not just some theoretical thing. That's actually targeting your user's speech. Respectfully, Senator, I think the balance of how to protect free expression as well as public safety is a difficult issue. So huge story at a dailymail.com. We're seeing this all across the country where two states that are run by conservatives have launched lawsuits against the Biden administration to shut down these disinformation programs that have been going on throughout the country. So you had Senator Hawley, and that's a Facebook executive, with his mealy-mouthed little response. No, the federal government should not and cannot be in the business of censoring you online. So what have they sued? These attorneys general, Louisiana and Missouri, Eric Schmidt and Landry, Jeff Landry, 67 government officials or entities, including my personal favorite, Nini Yankovic, 
have all been sued for partaking in this. It includes Joe Biden. It includes Karine Jean-Pierre. It includes so many different levels of the U.S. government because what they've been doing is working with these consortiums to censor me, to censor Charlie Kirk, to censor Turning Point, to censor everything that we do, to put these roadblocks on us, to put the brakes on us. And they're doing it at the behest of government. Now, I know, I got Nina Yankovic fired. And I guarantee you that if anyone else attempts to hire her in the federal government in this capacity as a disinformation czar, I'm going to get her fired again. And I'm going to blow that whistle. And I'm going to raise up the biggest fight you've ever seen to take this out everywhere from the United States government. This is why we do what we do. There's no more time for the summer soldiers and sunshine patriots to borrow a line. This is go time. We are in the fight for our republic. And so when I see action like this from these attorneys general, I say bravo. Absolutely bravo. But we need more. We need more fuel. We need more action. Why is it only two? That's my next question. Why is it only two? I feel like Ken Paxton would do this. We could probably get him involved. Ken Paxton at Texas would definitely do something like this. And he's doing a lot, so don't get me wrong. He's doing a ton out there. But you got Alabama, you got Texas, you got so many others. Oklahoma, the Dakotas. We need to get this done, and we need to make it happen. By the way, this is why that position is so important, the Attorney General. Because the Attorney General of these states is the one that can sue the federal government and then send this stuff up to the Supreme Court. And you know right now that under the Robert, or excuse me, under the Thomas Court, because it is the Thomas Court, we are finally going to get constitutional decisions back here in the United States. And that's all the time we have here at Human Events Daily. Remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and then leave us how many stars? Five. Five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, send us your emails, liberty at tpusa.com. That is the email address. We're checking those. We're making sure we're going to have to introduce a few more of those here on the show, just so you understand that we actually are reading them. Uh, What did we talk about today? Quid pro Joe. President Biden going on CNN and admitting that he's coercing Saudi Arabia right before the election. Next, this leaked document. British intelligence had a plot to blow up the Kerch Bridge before the truck bombs. Third, a member of the Green Goblin Girl Gang that terrorized the subway in uh, in New York City turns herself in. And then finally, the Biden administration sued by state AGs for censoring freedom of speech. We've got a ton going on this week. We're about to announce, by the way, our Sunday special this Sunday will be a full hour with myself and President Trump's former campaign manager, Paul Manafort. So you better believe we're going to talk about 2016, we're going to talk about Russiagate, and we're definitely going to talk about Ukraine. You don't want to miss this. Also, don't forget that as you're waiting for it, you can go to Salem now and check out Border Battle. Border Battle is the new TPOSA documentary that gets into everything that's going on with our border, whether it's Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, We break down the entire thing. History break today. You know what it's going to be. This day in 1492, 
Christopher Columbus made his first landfall in the New World. On this day in 1792, it was the first celebration of Columbus Day. And then in 1892, the U.S. Pledge of Allegiance was first recited in public schools on Columbus Day. Christopher Columbus is more responsible than any other one single individual for the discovery and the founding of the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.